Listener's discretion is advised. the parties who are listening here tonight guess what it is the first episode of 2022 where we get to look back in the year 2021 so this is part three of our 2021 year in review where we have to go to a segment a segment once ran by the host of the late show on cbs during donald trump's european tour called Why in the world is Donald Trump? Yes, we are in the Why in the World is Donald Trump segment in this podcast monologue where we're going to actually throw back some of the Donald Trump moments in this episode of Random Stuff, including this one where Trump started his own social media. Well, we all know how that went. Why don't we just... uh? Give a little reminder, a little refresh our memory. The more news here, just when you thought he was gone, I saw that former President Trump is creating his own social media platform. 
If it goes according to plan, it'll be the first thing he'll help go viral since the coronavirus. But, hey, but you, you have to be careful with the Trump social media platform. The site will automatically flag any statements that turn out to be factual. Meanwhile, not to be outdone, last week, Joe Biden joined Tumblr on the stairs of Air Force One. Take a, take a look at that. Yeah, whoop, there you go. Yeah, boy. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> at that point, just lay there. Just say, God. Just, I'm taking my Zoom meetings from here. Speaking of Trump, I just saw an update on what's going on with his old private plane. Uh, watch this. It was the ultimate status symbol, Donald Trump's Boeing 757. Today, however, the massive jet sits abandoned at an upstate New York airport. One engine mostly missing, one wrapped, idle, in apparent disrepair. According to records, it hasn't been flown in months. Yeah, one engine wrapped, the other's missing. Or as United put it, we'll take it. <laughs> Get that baby in the sky! Wow. Wonder how that, uh website go well i guess i'll have to find out myself now earlier this year uh the cpac took place not once but multiple times in the year 2021 and one of those times where there was a gold statue of trump uh and donald trump also showed up there and uh the late show guy is not having it so here is the host of The Late Show on CBS with that. Headliner of the weekend was the former president. His speech was pretty light on substance and energy, but there was one major revelation. He told the audience that he would not start a third party. Of course he isn't going to start a new political party. He already owns one. These people worship the ground he walks on. Literally, the biggest attraction at CPAC was the giant golden statue of him. Oh, nothing says the party of Christian values like worshiping a golden idol. And it's an Old Testament twofer, because it'll also cover your wife, neighbor. Now, he said a lot of things, and some of it was stupid, and the rest was just dangerous. But I'm not going to play any of the clips, because the country needs to move on. And frankly, I just don't care anymore. Because Steven, Steven. Jimmy, what, what's that? Come on, Stephen, it's me, your favorite former president whose name you won't say. Please leave. Oh, don't you want to tell jokes about me? No. Come on, I said fragrant when I meant to say flagrant. Just play that one, it'll be hilarious. I'm good. But you used to tell jokes about me all the time. Oh, yeah. Remember my naked corruption, mm -hmm. my gross incompetence, yeah. my tiny widow hands, and don't forget my ridiculous hair. It looks like a merkin fell into... A cotton candy machine, yeah, I remember. But you're not in power anymore, so who gives a damn? But I spoke at CPAC yesterday. It's such an important, newsworthy event. I'm still so relevant. If people don't talk about me, I'll melt. I'm melting! I'm melting! Or maybe that's just my bronzer. Goodbye, not cruel enough for Get him, baby! Psych, I'm never leaving. I'm human herpes. See you in 2024. Go! Get out! Get out! <laughs> Why, I oughta. Well, if you want to hear President Trump's CPAC speech again, you can uh, watch it on YouTube. Which, by the way, the CPAC on the late, uh, the last days of February. 
that that's the one not the later ones not the not the later editions of CPAC all right there are plenty of CPACs now Trump also got a black belt yeah can you believe it he got a black belt let's listen to this story Meanwhile, Trump was uh, hiding in the branches like a Trojan horse waiting to sneak back inside the White House. <laughs> Speaking of Trump, uh, I saw that over the weekend at Mar-a-Lago, he received his honorary ninth degree black belt in Taekwondo. <laughs> this is real. Take a look. Here he is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tying that around Trump must have been like tying a giant red bow around an Lexus. You know, have you ever seen those commercials? It was the first time they had to cut a few extra holes in a Taekwondo belt. Yeah, Trump is big into martial arts. He's even starring in the new movie, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Tax Returns. <laughs> Whoa. Hey, hey. Again. Again, Trump would have starred in his own karate movie. He would have uh, used his tiny hands to, you know, stop his opponents. Why didn't you say so? He he did have an honorary black belt. Now, as for his estranged former running mate, a.k.a. Vice President Mike Pence, well... Mike Pence said that Trump and himself don't see eye to eye after the January 6th incident. But um, here's a listen in. The former captain of the Space Force has returned. There was a Mike Pence sighting in New Hampshire for the first time in quite some time. He has apparently come out of hiding. Pence spoke at the annual Lincoln-Reagan dinner where he weighed in on the rift that was created when his former boss forced him and his family to flee for their lives during the Capitol insurrection. And apparently, they're still not on the same page when it comes to the events of January 6th. You know, President Trump and I have spoken many times since we left office. And I don't know if we'll ever see eye to eye on that day. But I will always be proud of what we accomplished for the American people over the last four years. What a character. What we accomplished. Setting aside the fact that Donald Trump accomplished less than nothing in his four years. What did Mike Pence accomplish? Just like your dog saying, we cooked up a pretty nice dinner tonight, didn't we? <laughs> and as far as not seeing eye to eye on the uh, insurrection goes, Trump actually incited a mob that broke in to kill Mike Pence. This is like if Ronald Reagan said, you know, John Hinckley and I will never see eye to eye, but we do agree that Jodie Foster is really something else. <laughs> Well, I don't know if Donald Trump and Mike Pence will ever, ever, ever see eye to eye ever again. But who knows? Who the hell knows? Oh, well. But I'm pretty sure they'll get their shit together when they see each other again. Maybe if they were in the same event in the foreseeable future. But after this brief ad, folks, we're going to segue on to the Meghan Markle slash Prince Harry interview with Oprah. Yeah, remember that? 
that shook the entire royal family to the core. So don't go anywhere. Stay tuned. Now that vaccines have been approved for children five and up, it's time for parents to decide which COVID protection is best for their family. Introducing Ivermectin Jr., the first medication designed to treat young horses that can also be used on human children, maybe? Ivermectin Jr. comes in a variety of fun colors for the little colts and or humans running around your home. It tastes weird. Did I ask you how it tastes? Eat it. And don't worry, while Ivermectin Jr. may have been intended for animals, kids are technically animals too. Daddy, it says it's for worms. Yeah. Gummy worms. <laughs> no, but seriously, it is for horses with intestinal worms. <laughs> Rest easy knowing your child is literally as healthy as a horse. Ivermectin Jr., not the smart choice, the right choice. <laughs> May cause equine madness. Now we have... And we back after this brief momentous ad, folks. Now it is time to segue on to a segment. It is the quarantine version of Meanwhile called... Quarantine Wild. This one is going to be a quite a throwback Quarantine Wild where... The host of The Late Show on CBS reacted to the interview between Oprah... And Prince Harry and Meghan Markle, back then, uh, many months ago in this year of two thousand twenty, in the year two thousand twenty-one. So, without any further ado, let's just see how he reacted. Now, as you recall, the couple left the royal family after months of racist attacks from British tabloids without any support from the palace. It was so bad the Duchess said she was at the breaking point. I went to one of the most senior people just to to get help. And that, you know, I, I, I share this because there are so many people who are afraid to voice that they need help. And I know personally how hard it is to not just voice it, but when you voice it, to be told no. Oof. And so I went to Human Resources. Hold up. You're saying Buckingham Palace has HR? How long has that been around? Because you would think... Someone in human resources might have stepped in to tell Henry VIII that chopping off your wife's head could be interpreted as a hostile work environment. <laughs> Oprah was amazing, asking all the right follow-ups. Did you ever think about going to a hospital, or is that possible that you can check yourself in someplace? No, that's what I was asking to do. Yeah. You can't just do that. I couldn't, you know, call an Uber <laughs> to the palace. <laughs> No, it's true. For a princess, you have to DM the fairy godmother so she can turn a mouse into your Uber driver and an acorn squash into a Toyota Camry. Now, being a royal was clearly tough for Meghan, as she explained with this Disney analogy. Gosh, it must have been years ago. We were sitting in Nottingham Cottage. I was sitting in Nottingham Cottage, and The Little Mermaid came on. Uh-huh. Now, who as an adult really watches The Little Mermaid? <laughs> I want to be where the people are. I want to see... Sorry. Go on. But it came on. I was like, well, I'm just here all the time. So I may as well watch this. And I went, oh, my God. She falls in love with the prince. And because of that, she has to lose her voice. It's true. 
Ariel and Meghan have a lot in common. I mean, who can forget that cruel headline in the Daily Mail? Princess Ariel's hairstyle is forked up. It was clear that the Duchess didn't know what she was signing up for. You were marrying a 1,200-year-old institution. You're marrying the monarchy. What did you think it was going to be like? Well, I didn't do any research about what that would mean. You didn't do any research? No. I've never looked up my husband online. What? Let me introduce this thing called Google, okay? Over there, I think it's called Lori. It's full of useful information. For instance, turns out your husband knew Princess Di. That might have been a hint that this was going to be a rough gig. Also, while you're Googling, you might want to try the combo Andrew, Island, and Epstein. It'll give you an idea what the royal family is okay with. Oh, and if you don't Google things, you're the only person I can show this to. It's a cat who plays the electric piano. You had to be there in 2007. Now, things are not great with the in-laws, as Harry let slip at one point. When we were in Canada, I I had uh, three conversations with my grandmother and two conversations with my father um, before he stopped taking my calls. He's ducking his son's calls. It, It always hurts when your father won't listen to you especially when he has these ears. Really a waste. But the couple says their real in-law problem centered around their son, Archie, especially when the palace wanted to deny him a royal title and the accompanying security detail. Was the title, was him being called a prince, Archie being called a prince, was that important to you? If it meant he was going to be safe, then of course. All the grandeur surrounding Mm. this stuff is an attachment that I don't personally have, right? I've been a... Waitress, an actress, princess, a duchess, I've always just still been Megan, right? Uh, not right. You are also Rachel Zane, paralegal turned attorney at Spectre Lit, doing the law by day and Mike Ross by night. Come on! Are you telling me the seven years I spent watching Suits meant nothing? And I'm being told they meant nothing. <laughs> the duchess was grateful for her commoner roots. Thank God I had that life experience. Thank God I had known the value of working. My first job was when I was 13 at a frozen yogurt shop called Humphrey Yogurt. Yes. Everyone knows Humphrey Yogurt and their famous slogan, I think this is the beginning of a beautiful fro-yo. If you go, don't forget to have your soft serve in a Maltese Falcone. Working at Humphrey Yogurt is so relatable. When I was a struggling young actor, I used to work at Lauren Bacol Cuts. But one of the true outrageous bombshells, really heartbreaking, is when Megan recalled this troubling conversation. In those months when I was pregnant, all around this same time, so we have in tandem the conversation of, he won't be given security, he's not gonna be given a title. And also concerns and conversations about how dark his skin might be when he's born. What? I agree. What? And let me just add, huh? I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that there is a possibility, just a possibility, mind you, that this medieval selective breeding program might be racist. Also, it's never good when the British ruling class thinks someone is too dark. They steal their land and make them play cricket. Oprah tried to follow up on this bombshell revelation. Ooh. 
and you're not going to tell me who had the conversation? I think that would be very damaging to them. And clearly, the last thing Meghan would want to do as she exposes her in-laws as racist, emotionally abusive captors is damage anyone. So Oprah asked Prince Harry. Meghan shared with us that there was a conversation with you about Archie's skin tone. Mm -hmm. What was that conversation? That conversation <laughs> I'm never going to share. Um, but at the time... At the time, it was all... Well, we ran out of time, Prince Harry. We gotta get to something else here. Now, the day after, the host of The Late Show on CBS also evaluated Twitter after the royal family responded to that interview that was already aired in the U.S., but it was already aired a few days later in the U.K. Well, everybody in the U.K. reacted, and, well... Here's what really happened. This just in, there was an interview from February that aired two days ago. Everyone, and I can't believe I'm one of the every, is still talking about Oprah's exclusive sit-down with the Duke and Duchess of Netflix, Harry and Meghan, who accused members of the royal family of being racist. Tough charge. I'm sure that made their hackles rise. One of the signs of inbreeding is a risen hackle. Palace sources say the Windsors were blindsided because they thought at worst the interview would make them look out of touch. Because if there's one thing a palace surrounded by iron spikes looked like before, it was in touch. Now, remember not to make eye contact with the lady whose face is on the coins. For days, the royals were silent. But this afternoon, the palace issued this statement. <clears throat> <clears throat> Hear ye, hear ye, a statement from her, hold on, a statement, a statement from Her Majesty the Queen, but first, to allow me to forget I'm an American who does not give a damn, the whole family is saddened to learn the full extent of how challenging the last few years have been for Harry and Meghan. The issues raised, particularly that of race, are concerning. While some recollections may vary, oh yeah, recollections may vary, you better hope no one recollects any of this. May I recommend The Forgetting Wrench? <laughs> I want to thank everyone, everyone from Looney Tunes for lending us this. The statement continues. They are taken very seriously and will be addressed by the family privately. Oh, no doubt. I hear Prince Andrew has an island he goes to to address his privates. It roils on. Harry, Meghan, and Archie will always be much-loved family members, which is nice. But then, in all caps, it says, ends. That sounds ominous. But to be fair, that's how they say goodnight in the royal family. I hope you've had a lovely day, darling. Ends! <laughs> that, that actually hurts, by the way. 
After the interview hit the airwaves, fans of the royal family dumped a crumpet in their knickers. Especially TV organism Piers Morgan, seen here getting his tallywhacker whacked. Morgan defended a royal family member asking Harry about his baby's skin color by saying this. Can I put to you just a scenario that may have happened? And I wonder whether you find this, you would automatically think this is offensive and racist. If you have two parents, one's white and one's black, as in Meghan's case, and she's pregnant and going to have a baby, is it racist and offensive for a family member to say, oh, what colour might the baby be? Oh, I know the answer. You're a spotted dick. Piers also responded to Meghan Markle's very personal revelations about what she went through at Buckingham Palace. Meghan has, within this interview, said it got so bad that she was suicidal. I'm sorry, I don't believe a word she says, Meghan Markle. Well, Hello, suicide hotline, Pierce speaking. Oh, really? I don't believe a word you're saying. Oh, you're on the bridge right now? Really? If you're so miserable, why don't you prove it? Hello? Hello? Another hang-up. Third liar of the week. As much as Piers loves to dish out the criticism, he sure can't take it. I understand that you've got a personal relationship with Meg Markle, or had one, and she cut you off. She's entitled to cut you off if she wants to. Has she said anything about you since she cut you off? I don't think she has, but yet you continue to trash her. OK, I'm done with this. No, no, no. Sorry, no. Oh, Sorry. Do you know what? That's pathetic. You can trash me, maybe, not my no, own. No, no, no. See I'm, you later. I'm being... Sorry, can't this do this. Apps. Here's Morgan is such a baby, someone at Buckingham Palace just asked what colour he's going to be. <laughs> Piers didn't just storm off the set in slow-motion twit-snit. He stormed off the whole damn show because a few hours ago, his network announced Piers Morgan has decided now is the time to leave Good Morning Britain. Congratulations. Tomorrow's going to be a great morning, Britain. Back stateside. And we leave England. And we leave England. Well, that took a toll in the whole entire relationship between everybody in the royal family, perhaps. That, 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 I don't even know what to say. The first time I've reacted to this, it, it really makes me think of what really is going on behind the scenes. Guess I'll never know. But when we return, we're gonna get to listen to a song that... Just a song. Don't go anywhere. Elf on the Shelf can only see so much. That's why this season, no secret is safe. They're mittens from Macy's. They cost $12.99 and they're one size too small. Oh. Introducing Zuck on a Truck. With the power of Facebook's massive database, your personal Mark Zuckerberg knows absolutely everything. Also, your mom is having an affair. Mom, what's an affair? Zuck on a truck can tell if you've been naughty or nice. He knows every website you've ever visited, every place you've ever lived, every friend you've ever made, every love you've ever lost, every schoolmate you've stalked. Zuck on a truck even knows when you'll die. 63. What? And he has a working horn. <laughs> cool. So be careful, all you naughty kids. <clears throat> it's not my place to judge what's right and wrong. Or don't. Because Zuck on a Truck takes no responsibility for your dangerous misbehavior. Quite the contrary. 
Zuck on a truck will use his Yuletide algorithm to connect all the naughty children in your neighborhood. Santa's list is red! It's a decoration insurrection with Zuck on a Truck, which for legal reasons has now been rebranded as Meta on a Jetta. From the next to the Sweet Baby Ray's Barbecue Sauce. Available at Walgreens. And we're back after this brief ad, folks. Now we get to listen to a song from Lady A, formerly known as Lady Antebellum, and here to introduce them is the host of Late Night on NBC, Seth Myers. Back on the show to perform Like a Lady off their latest album, What a Song Can Do. Give it up for Lady A. Too afraid to call this off and go see what I 
And that was Lady A with the song Like a Lady. Now, when we return, we're going to wrap up our first episode of 2022. So don't go anywhere. Just a few years ago, I came out with my smash hit clone, Manure. Manure, the new scent by Blake Shelton. And after settling a few Manure lawsuits, I've been on the hunt for a new scent. And thankfully, our new coach, Ariana Grande, inspired me. That's some kind of like nighttime camo. I like it. Nighttime camo should be the name of your cologne. Oh, I like that. In that moment, nighttime camo was born. What is day without the night? Nighttime camo. You can pick up my scent, but you can't see me. It's nighttime camo. The fragrance of the night. I'm on the hunt, and I've got you in my sights. Nighttime camo. Cloak yourself in Shelton. Where am I? Nighttime camo. The aroma that sneaks up on you. Nighttime camo. Made with only the finest ingredients. Wood chips. Organic deer sweat. And just a hint of poison oak. Both silent and deadly. It's nighttime camo. Now you see me. Now you don't. Nighttime camo by me, Blake Shelton. The only fragrance that works as a cologne and an insect repellent. Take that, bug. Folks, that is it for this edition of Random Stuff. Be sure to tune in tomorrow because it is the last part of the 2021 year interview, aka the second episode of 2022. So uh, be aware of that. But until then, enjoy your sleep and good night. Yeah.